right, well, we better get started. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Some of you survived the ice getting in here. Good to see the ones that are here and excited about today. Uh, uh, as you know, we have my friend Evangelist Harold Vaughn with us today, and I'm thankful for his friendship. I want to tell you there's, a, there's some folks in the ministry that, uh, you know, something happens in your life and kind of cast you aside, and there's some that reach out. And he's one of those that reach out, and I'm thankful for my friend. So today, just uh, some things to remember coming up Tuesday night, our Bible study. Remember, 7 o'clock, we've changed that time. It's at 7 o'clock now. And then uh, Joint Sunday Schools moving forward. Uh, we'll get back to Ephesians in, in the future here. Today we had something a little different that the Lord put on my heart. But men's prayer advance. I have to promote this because he's here. I don't know where he went, but anyway. <laughs> uh, no, we've been promoting it anyway, but uh, Brother Harold Vaughn puts this on every year, and what a wonderful time it is. How many of you been? Some of you men have been. Raise your hand. Uh, what, isn't it an encouragement, and isn't it a help? So every year he puts this on. The plan is still he's going to do it both virtually and live this year is, is the plan, unless our governor does something more crazy, but we'll, we'll leave that alone. Uh, but this year got some great speakers coming. Brother Kurt Skelly's going to be there, Kerry Smith, Ron Lynch, all three are just tremendous. And I guarantee you, men, if you sign up and you'll go, you'll get blessed and you'll, uh, it'll be a great challenge to your walk, a great way to kick off the brand new year as well. And uh, so I invite you to get a sign-up sheet in the back if you want to go, get signed up and, and come join us. So let's just get started right with our service, get right to it, and uh, we'll pray and ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you for those who, who made it in safely today for safe travels. And Lord, for all those who couldn't make it, and uh, we certainly understand that. It's a lot of ice still in our mountains here and Lord, we pray for their safety. We pray, Lord, for those that are watching by live stream today, Lord, that, that, Lord, you'd meet with them just as real in their house as you're going to with us in this place. We came expecting something from you, Lord, and I certainly need a fresh touch from you, and I think everyone in this room, Lord, could say the same thing, and everyone watching by live stream could say the same thing. So, so Lord, meet with us today, and, Lord, today as we sing praises unto you, as we get ready to sing now, Lord, may we just sing uh, as unto an audience of one, unto our Lord and Savior. And then, a little later, Lord, as Brother Vaughn comes to preach to our hearts, Lord, I pray that you'd use him and bless him and fill him, and, and Lord, we'd leave this place again changed as a result of being under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. Thank you for being a God who still saves sinners, and Lord, if there's one either in this room or watching by live stream who's never had a time in a place where, Lord, they, they, they repented, they changed their mind, and they, they believed and put their full weight and trust in the fact that you died for them, was buried and rose again, that Lord, today I would pray would be their day of salvation just uh, again now do what only you can do be with our service may be glorified magnified and lifted up today in Christ's name amen well good morning uh, thank you Pastor Mike for the Sunday school this morning and he mentioned um, looking at the new year and new year new year resolutions and all that that uh, entails but I'm still in the Christmas spirit so uh, so we're going to do some more Christmas carols this morning. Go ahead and stand for the final Sunday in December. We'll sing a few more Christmas songs. Uh, but please join as we sing How Great Our Joy. While by the sheep Joy, 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 
Savior came and was born. Uh, the Word tells us that He was born uh, ultimately to give His life a ransom for many. Uh, but the cool part is He came and was wrapped Himself in flesh, and so He had His own birthday. Let's sing a birthday of the, the birthday of the King. In the little village of Bethlehem, there. Hallelujah, oh, of the angels sing, Hallelujah. 
take a seat and right now we'll have uh, Tony Hicks come and play special thank you so much Tony Christmas. This morning I'm going to sing a Elvis song and no, it's not a blue Christmas. 
Beth, and this was my nanny boat, one of her favorite songs we sang together. Hope you like it. Tony, did you teach him that one, Pastor Mike? That one, there we go, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. All right, now we'll go ahead and have a, a time of prayer. So go ahead and um, pray by yourself there with the person sitting beside you and ask God to reveal to you anything uh, from His Word today, anything that needs to change in your life. Let's go ahead and just have a, have a moment of prayer. Father, the psalmist said, Search me, O God. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me 
in a way that is everlasting. And that's a very sobering thought, God, but we ask that you would reveal something to us, God. We're, we're wanting to hear from your Spirit, hear from your Word today. We pray for Brother Harold that you would uh, give him power, that you would give him the words to speak, uh, not, not what he wants, but what you would have us to hear, God. I thank you so much for giving us uh, this day. I pray that we would be attentive and that we would all leave changed uh, from the preaching of your word. We love you, God, and we thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing our final song before, uh, before the preaching, everyone, please stand. Uh, again, the whole idea of, of worship is to be honoring and glorifying to God. And so we want to sing, Worthy uh, is the Lamb. I was even reading a little bit in Revelation last night where he was saying the Lamb is the one who's worthy to open the seals and to read the scroll. Let's sing, Worthy is the Lamb.
Thank you for singing. You may be seated. Well, boy, what a booming voice I have. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. You heard about the fatalist pastor. He was uh, preaching, and uh, he was all the time believing that God ordained every single thing that happens is uh, the direct uh, result of God's intervention and God's planning and so on and so forth. Well, anyway, he fell down a staircase, got up and wiped the sweat off his brow and said, Phew, Thank the Lord, that's over. And I'll tell you what, thank the Lord, 2020 is just about over. Amen. <laughs> that thing is just about over. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Appreciate your pastor, Mike, so much. Just appreciate y'all's friendship and y'all are a real blessing. And just want to encourage you here this morning. So in case you don't catch it, my intention is to encourage you. You know, a, a new year calls for new beginnings. A new year calls for new beginnings. And grace is all about new beginnings. Somebody said the perseverance of the saints. What that really means is innumerable second chances. Innumerable second chances. What is the perseverance of the saints? It's 10,000 new beginnings. How many of you found out that your false start your first start was often a false start, and what you needed was a restart. Have you found it to be that way? And I find that life is all about new beginnings. Somebody said most Christians are crucified between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the fears of tomorrow. And I want to tell you that if you're going to have a new beginning, if you're going to have a new beginning, and boy, I'll tell you what, I like new beginnings. Number one, you can't linger in the past. You can't languish in the past. Second, you can't live in the past. Now, you can't retrieve water once it goes under the bridge. So don't waste your mental energy reliving past tragedies. Now, if it's done, it's done. Don't let it do you in. Number three, don't long for the past. You know, a lot of, a lot of God's people are just longing for ain't uh, what's her name? Uh, Aunt B and uh, Andy and Barney to, to come back and occupy the White House. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. And, and don't long for the past. And by the way, the good old days, in most cases, weren't that all, all that good anyhow. You know, we sing about the sweet by and by, but we better not learn how to operate in the nasty now and now. So don't long for the past. You gotta leave the past. Let me say something to you. You will never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. History is good to have for a foundation. History is good to have for a foundation, but it's not good to have for a focus. Timothy says, shun genealogies. That means avoid moldy, musty, dusty ge genealogies. There's come a there comes a time when you quite gotta quit looking backward and you gotta start looking forward. That means we gotta get over the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You got, we've all got woulda, coulda, shouldas. Well, you got to get over all that mess. And preoccupation with the past is neither healthy nor helpful. My son Brandon and I, when he was small, we decided to go gobbler hunting one spring. So we went back to the uh, back of the property way behind our house. And uh, we had permission to hunt there. At least we think we did. And uh, we set up a decoy. And then we got over there with our camo on. 
And we began to do the calls, you know, to try to lure that big gobbler in. Boy, we were excited. Pastor Mike, we were excited when this old, uh, to the left of us, it was rustling and we heard some commotion and we looked over and there was a big, tall, lanky bird. And we thought, man, this is just like on TV. This is easy. And uh, the closer it got, we could tell something was amiss. And I mean, it was, it, it wasn't, it didn't have a big bulging uh, chest with a beard hanging out. It, 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 it was skinny as could be. It wasn't, it wasn't walking and it wasn't running. It was hopping. And it didn't have a red head like a gobbler in springtime. It, it was black. In fact, it was solid black. And we said, there's something wrong with this situation. And about the time it got into where the decoy was, we figured out we'd called in a buzzard. Literally, we had called in a buzzard. Now, nobody tries to attract a, a vulture. <laughs> nobody wants to be around a buzzard because buzzards feed on things that were once alive but are now dead. And can I say something to you? you got to stop feeding on the things that were once alive but are now dead. Charles Dar Darwin wrote a book called The Origin of the Species. The Origin of the Species. You know, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. Uh, Darwin said, in the beginning, chimpanzee. So evolution is monkey business. And evolution is just really an attempt to get rid of God. That's really all that is. Now, your origins are important. I mean, it's extremely important to understand heritage. It's extremely important to know where you came from. But it's even more important to know where you're going. And I want to talk to you about new beginnings. So look in your Bible in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> this, <clears throat> this is Paul's spiritual autobiography. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Stand, if you would, for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Uh, Brother Mike, can I impose on you to read verses 10 through 14 while we all follow along? Philippians 3, 10 through 14. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for talking to our hearts <clears throat> and get us in a position where we can talk honestly with you. We give you praise today for a new year, a new hope, and a new beginning in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He had a Pharisaical pedigree a mile long. But the Apostle Paul, in order to embrace Christ, he had to forsake he had to abandon his Hebrew heritage. And I want to say something to you. He had to trust Christ alone for that righteousness that comes from God. Paul had to get over his self-righteousness. And some of us here need to get over our unrighteousness. Now, you've got to leave where you've been in order to get to where you want to go. A new beginning, a new beginning, I'm telling you, if you're going to have one, you've got to get past the past. 
Now, new beginnings means that you're moving on. And Paul said the way to move on from where you've been is, number one, you've got to forget the past. He said forgetting the past. Now, that does not mean erasing all unpleasant memories from your mind. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just ditch the memories that we don't like and that are unpleasant and just move them over to the, to the uh, uh, trash can on the computer screen of our mind and then hit the delete button and they'd all be gone. It doesn't work that way. So what does this forgetting mean? It means to neglect. Neglecting those things. Say that out loud. Neglecting those things. Ignoring those things. Don't remull over those things that are behind. Now, Paul forgot about his goodness. Now, listen, you can't change the past, but you can get over it because Paul did. He said, ignoring those things which are behind. Now, you got to put it out of your mind. What's done is done. It's over. Get over it. Neglect it. Paul was not perfect. He held the coats of the people who were stoning Stephen. He persecuted the followers of Christ to death before his conversion. And he got past his past, and so can you. It was not his religion or his record that got him past his past. Thank God it was his Redeemer. Remember his conversion on the Damascus Road when he saw that light brighter than the noonday sun? He had an encounter with Christ that put him on a lifelong quest. Brother, he got beyond his past, and he got on the Calvary Road. And I want to talk to you about how to get beyond the guilt the grief, and the garbage of the past. Now listen to me. Just because you messed up once, or twice, or three times, doesn't mean you have to mess up again. Say amen right there. And just because you messed up doesn't mean you've got to stay messed up. And just because you messed up doesn't mean you need to mourn the rest of your life over your mistakes and failures. Now, never make the mistake of thinking you're the only person that's ever messed up. You know what I found in my experience? Every time I do something wrong or say something wrong or act wrong, I feel like I'm the only person in the world. I'm the only person that's been in this predicament. What a stupid thought that is. You're not the only one that's ever messed up. All men fail, but great men get back up. A just man falls down seven times, but he rises up again. Hallelujah. Samson messed up with Delilah. David messed up with Bathsheba. Both are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, along with Abraham, Moses, and the rest of them. God didn't have anything to say about Bathsheba or Delilah in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm, I'm just here to tell you something that God forgave and God forgot, and that's exactly what you've got to do. God does not consult your history to determine your destiny. God does not consult your past to determine your future. The Bible says in Isaiah, remember not the former things. Don't remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. He said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing, and I, it shall spring forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, how do we get beyond our guilt? You know, you ever feel bad about choices, mistakes, thought patterns, habits? You ever feel bad about How do we get beyond all this? See, people say, well, you, you don't know how I've hurt people. You don't know how bad I feel. Well, you, you just don't know what I've done. Can I say that guilt is not a psychological problem? So forget about Dr. Phil and look in the Word of God. Guilt is not a psychological problem. 
Guilt is not an emotional problem. Guilt is a spiritual problem that requires a spiritual solution. Now, how do men deal with guilt? Well, number one, they rationalize their sin. Number two, they legalize sin. We're in a country right now where we've legalized everything. We've, we've normalized the abnormal. We've legalized the illegal. Uh, and, and I heard out west and uh, they've legalized heroin. <laughs> I mean, no comment on that right there because the kingdom's coming. Say amen right there on that point right there. Now listen, how do men deal with the guilt of sin? Well, they cover their sin like David tried to cover his sin with a lie. But the answer to sin is not to rationalize, legalize, or to cover it. The answer is to confess it. And the revival under Hezekiah, they took the filthiness out of the holy place. They took the filthiness, took them two weeks, I think, or ten days, to take the filthiness out of the holy place, and they threw it in the brook Kidron. How many remember in the old days when people would throw garbage in a creek or in, in a gully somewhere? Well, they took the garbage, they threw it in the brook uh, Kidron. And I'm telling you, friend, if you want to get beyond your guilt, you better take your sin and put it under the blood of Jesus. And it's not the will of God for his people to live under a cloud of guilt and condemnation. We need to quit acting like Catholics in the independent Baptist churches of America. God help us that we've got to do enough penance and feel bad enough and moan and groan and crawl around for days or weeks or years. I'm telling you, brother, Jesus made a sacrifice on the cross that was so powerful it put away our sin from the sight of God forever. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he put our sins from us. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. So you gotta number one, neglect your guilt. Number two, you gotta get beyond your grief. We have four family friends, um, from, that, that, that died from COVID here in the last, um, probably eight weeks. Four. We have ones right now, friends, close friends in the hospital and they're fighting for their life. Now, you know, how do you move on? I mean, really, how do you move on when you've been run over? Well, we got to understand that fear has to do with the future, uh, but depression has to do with the past. You know what I made up my mind? I am not going to live in perpetual fear. Well, what if I get COVID? Well, we're probably all going to get COVID at some point in time. And uh, uh, well, what if uh, the economy goes bankrupt? There ain't no if about it. <laughs> well, what if? Uh, what if? Or what if fear has to do with the future, but depression has to do with the past? People are afraid because of what might happen, but people are depressed because of what has happened. You know why we get depressed? Because of loss. That's why people get depressed. They've lost something. Lost resources. Lost reputation. Lost relationships. You know, it's painful to lose a parent. I've said goodbye to both of mine. It's painful to lose a friend. It's painful to lose a relative. I want to tell you something. There's a place for mourning. Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. You know, these hyper-spiritual people, they just say, well, you ought to just, you know, quesera, sera, kind of a bunch of Pollyanna parrots going around grinning all the time like nothing affects them. And if that's who you are, more power to you. But a lot of us are just not that away. And when we lose something, it hurts. My dad died 20 years ago. I still don't like to think about it. Now, I'm just a sensitive sort. Maybe you're not. And if you're not, praise the Lord. But if you're like me, then we got to learn to neglect that. we got to get beyond that. We can't just dwell on that all the time.
Now, now listen, when Moses died, they had a designated period for grief. They spent 30 days, a designated time to mourn and to grieve. Uh, but when that time for grieving was over, uh, the children of Israel had to get up and they had to move on. And when you suffer a loss, it's normal to grieve, but there comes a point when you got to get up and you got to move on. You got to let the dead be dead or it will uh, do you in. You got to let the dead be dead or you cannot live. And you can't be effective in the here and now when you're living in the past. Aren't you glad that God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a disciplined mind? Listen, you don't have to walk down those hurtful highways in memory lane. I said, you don't have to walk down those hurtful highways in memory lane. You, you can't do anything about what's behind you, but you can do something about what's in front of you. It was in Florida. Three men jumped out of a van, van grabbed this mother of three small children, threw her into the van, while leaving her children on the sidewalk watching this whole episode. They drove away, and these guys, they, they abused her. They inflicted every cruelty uh, known to man, everything you can imagine. They flayed her face and body with a razor blade. They burnt her skin. Uh, they abused her horribly, and they left her laying on the ground to die because... As much as she had been cut, they, they knew she was going to uh, bleed to death. But it was a cold night, so her blood did clot. Somehow she managed to crawl to the nearest highway, two miles away. When they found her, she was so mutilated, the authorities couldn't even tell if she was a man or a woman. She had been abused so horribly. She miraculously uh, survived. They found the three men that did this, put them on trial, sentenced them to life in prison. After the sentencing, a reporter came up and said, uh, would you ever be able to forgive these men for what they've done to you? And the woman said this, I'm a Christian and my faith commands me to forgive them. They took one day of my life, but I'm not going to give them another one. They took one day from my life, but I'm not going to give them Another one. She didn't have any choice of what happened to her, but, but she had a choice to do something about what she was going to do with what she had left. We got to get over the grief. We got to get over the guilt. Number three, we got to get over the garbage. The garbage. There'd be no garbage in heaven. Boy, that'd be great. Boy. <laughs> that'd be great. No residue. No mental residue. Amen. <laughs> I mean, not nothing. I mean, we got to get over the garbage. You got to get over your past before you can get to your future. Now Solomon made some whopper mistakes. What about the wisest man in the world did some of the stupidest things in the world? Married a thousand women or whatever, you know. What was he thinking? I, 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 mean, I, I mean, he made some whopper mistakes. Judah made some huge mistakes. David made some huge mistakes. How many here this morning have ever made some mistakes? Go ahead and put your hands up like this right here. How many made some whopper mistakes? Go ahead and put your hands up. How many glad most people don't know about the big ones? Amen. You know, your biggest blunders are known to you and God and a few people. Hallelujah. It's not on broadcast for the entire world to see. Now, let me just say something to you. That um, uh, you can't change the past, but you can get over it. Joseph had a rough go of things. I'm telling you, he was betrayed uh, by his brothers, thrown into a pit. He was put in prison. 
And when his brothers showed up in Egypt looking for bread, uh, after he had been raised to the second highest level in the Egyptian government, you know what he said to him? He said, you boys meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. And I'm telling you that Joseph went from the pit to the prison uh, to the palace by the grace of God without a root of bitterness rising up in his soul. That's miraculous, isn't it? And I'm here to tell you something, friend, that when, when, when Joseph was down to nothing, he still believed that God was up to something, and he got past his past to a fruitful future. You know, adversity often leads to achievement. Adversity often leads to achievement. John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress from a jail cell in Bedford, England. The Apostle Paul wrote Philippians on joy from a prison cell in Philippi. Brother, when you're down to nothing, God's still up to something. And let me just throw this out right here. Bad things happen to good people. Oh, well, if something bad happens, that's because they're reaping what they sow. Quit acting like a Hindu. Quit acting like a hyper-Calvinist. Just stop it. In Jesus' name, just stop it. And I'm just telling you that things are going to go wrong. We're living in a fallen world. We're not the cause of every sorry thing that happened. And God is not the author of all evil either. No apology on that excellent point. Now you've got to deal with the bad things that happen to you. You've you got to deal with them. I mean, death's going to come, man. Hard times are going to come. Sickness is going to come. It's just the way it is. And I'm telling you, if you don't deal with the bad things that happen in life, in the proper way, you're going to get bitter. And bitterness will wipe the smile right off your face. Bitterness will zap the river of blessing from your soul. Bitterness will steal your joy. It will paralyze your effectiveness in prayer. And you can't afford to be bitter. It's far too expensive. Heard about a plane crash on a mountain peak. And uh, part of the passengers died, and some of them survived. And the people who survived thought they were going to die, so they started cannibalizing uh, the corpses of the fellow passengers who had died in the crash. They were consuming and devouring the bodies of dead people all around them. The truth was, on the other side of the mountaintop, there was a ski resort in full operation. But nobody bothered to move away from the crash site, they just sat down there, hunkered down, devouring the corpses of the people who had died. Now, can I just say something to you? That if you don't, if you don't move away from your crash site, if you don't move away from your crisis, you're just going to sit there and feed on death. But you, you, can't afford, you can't afford to stay at the crash site. You've got to get beyond that. Because if you don't, you'll sit there criticizing and consuming the people who hurt you. And I'm just telling you, that's a, you're going to get indigestion. It's time to, it's time to get up and move to the other side of the mountain and quit feeding on dead stuff. Quit feeding on dead stuff. Now listen, you can't get the past out of your mind until you first get it out of your mouth. Quit rehearsing your hurts. Uh, quit rehashing the details. You already said it about, and you already thought it about a million times. Don't you think that's enough? Why don't you ignore that? Why don't you neglect that? Why don't you forget that? That's the Bible word for what that means. And, and, and move on. Now listen, you can neglect these things. You've got the power to neglect the garbage, the guilt, and the grief of the past.
Now, you get to choose your thoughts. I didn't get to choose my parents. I didn't get to choose my appearance. I didn't get to choose a bunch of stuff. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. I get to choose what I think about. And I don't have to think about all the sorry stuff that's happened in the past. Hallelujah. I can think on the good stuff that lies ahead. So forgetting those things which are behind. Number two, number to have a new beginning, you're going to have to focus on the future. Now listen to this. You need to focus on the future. He said reaching forth, that means stretching toward those things. Kind of like a horse in a race, stretching toward the goal line, stretching forth to those things that are behind. Now listen up. If you're saved, this is as bad as it's ever going to get. This is a low point right here. <laughs> now listen to this. Listen to this. No matter how low you get, you're still on top of the devil. And the next time the devil brings up your past, go ahead and remind him of his future. And you know, who is that that reminds you of all that stuff that you shouldn't have done and shouldn't have thought and all that kind of... It, it's not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's the unholy ghost. That's who it is. So you need, to, you need to put all that out. Now listen, things are looking up as far as the future is concerned. Eye is not seen nor ear heard the things that God had prepared for them that love him. Look, we need a forward focus. Do we? America needs a, needs a forward focus. God's people need some hope. And it's a sad day when we got to go across the road to get a message on hope in most towns. In most, in most places. In most places, you never hear nothing about hope. You never hear anything about joy. You never hear anything about, uh, about good. You hear very little of, uh, of the second coming anymore. What has happened that the second coming got purged from most pulpits? So we look like a bunch of sad sacks. And we're running around here, you know, looking like a bunch of Amish fundamentalists. God, deliver us. Uh, sell a black shirt, brother, and get a white one. Amen. I mean, I'm just telling you. I, I mean, it's time to have a little hope in the house of God. And what we need is we need a forward focus. Sorry about that comment. I didn't mean it. All right. Now, now here it is right here. Now, listen. Psychologists will tell you that you have a chemical imbalance. The Bible says we have a spiritual imbalance. But God wants us to regain our balance. Did you know you can't m gain momentum moving toward tomorrow if you're dragging a pa your past behind you? Reaching forth. Remember when uh, the children of Israel were on the verge of the promised land, they sent out the spies and ten of the spies came back with a negative, unbelieving report. Remember when they came back? The land flowed with milk and honey and all that kind of stuff. And God had already given it to them. But they said, man, that place is full up of giants and walled cities and oppositions. And we, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's what we were insignificant weaklings. Like They had 600,000 men in their army. We are like grasshoppers in our sight. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. But oh, Caleb, I like this guy, 85-year-old dude. No doubt on barley green and energy drinks. You know, he came back and you know what he said? He said, he said we're well able. We're well able to take the land. You know, you know about old Caleb. He couldn't acclimate himself to the wilderness. And I want to tell you something. I am sick and tired of the defeatism and the defensiveness that defines most Baptist churches 
Somebody said to me the other day, said, Harold, if you keep acting like you're acting, you're going to have to find another group. I'm just here to tell you, if the group don't start acting like it ought to start acting, I'm going to find another group. And can I just say something to you here this morning? That we have got to move beyond all of this stuff. Uh, uh, Caleb was sick of the wilderness. He couldn't, he couldn't abide it. Uh, his heart, his body was in the wilderness, but his heart was in the promised land. And can I say something to you? You've got to reach forth. Now listen. Our environment sometimes exists without, with our permission. Our environment sometimes exists with our uh, permission. You know what I made up my mind? I am not, I am not going to waste my life away in Margaritaville. I am not going to lounge away in Laodicea. I am not going to do it. I am not going to stay depressed because of what might happen. By the grace of God, I'm going to shout the victory. I'm going to get in the presence of God. And I, if nobody else praises God, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm just telling brother, listen, old Caleb, he was this kind of a guy. Now, I mean, is anybody here ever other than Brother Mike gotten an anonymous letter? I've gotten some anonymous letters. You know, I've gotten some anonymous compliments. I've gotten anonymous gifts. I've had people send me hundreds of dollars with no name attached and dollar bills through the post office. I've got more faith in government workers than I do. But uh, I've gotten many anonymous gifts and compliments, but I've gotten a few <laughs> anonymous uh, negative letters. I got, I got one one time that was so, I mean, man, that thing was so hot. It's a wonder it didn't burn the postman's hand. That letter was so hot, it should have burned the post office down. I'm just telling you, it was critical and wow, and I shouldn't have never read it, but I did read it. And you know what I, what I, when I read it, you know what I did? I ran home as quick as possible and I put it in the safe for safekeeping. I didn't want to lose it so I could get up every day and read that negative crit. You think that's what I did with it? Not a chance. You know what I did? I threw that thing in the trash can as quick as I could and pr purpose from then on never to read another anonymous letter. But you know something? Millions of people file away unpleasant memories so they can review them over and over every day, guaranteeing they're going to be mean and miserable. You don't honor God by torturing yourself with the memory of a sinful past. Listen to me, child of God. If God's put your past behind Him, it's high time you put it behind you. Of course you weren't perfect. Nobody else is perfect. Nobody, nobody is perfect. Can I just say something to you? God's grace is greater than our guilt, our grief, and our garbage. Stop looking at where you've been. Start looking at where you're going. And quit focusing on your heartaches. And start focusing on your opportunities. We're all put here with uh, an assignment. Y'all believe this? That we have an assignment. You have an assignment. Your assignment is just as important as the Apostle Paul's because it's your assignment. You were put here to solve a problem. You're going to be remembered for one or two things. The problems you caused or the problems you solved. So wouldn't you want to be remembered for the problems you solved? What, I mean, really, wouldn't you? Now, now, can I just say something to you? I know that loss is painful, but... Neglect what you've lost and thank God for what you got left. Quit looking over your shoulder. Get your eyes out of the rearview mirror. 
Get your eyes on the road. Stop talking about your experiences. And start talking about your expectations. I hate to go to pastor's meetings because they're so a bunch of depressed uh, broke. I mean, it just, it's, it's incredible uh, how they, uh, we have gotten to such a sorry state of affairs. And I want to say something to you, brother. Uh, we're cursing every other group on the planet Earth. Maybe it's high time we got the fire of God back in our hearts one more time. That was really a good statement. Now listen. Your life will move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Every time you speak, you're programming yourself. Every time you speak, you're programming the people around you. So stop dwelling on what has happened and start dreaming about what can happen. Did you know the best way to move from a negative experience is to start moving toward a positive one? Reaching forth, stretching toward those things that are before. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Now, my understanding is this was written in an uh, athletic context. He said, I press toward the mark. I pursue along the line. Now, that referred to that white line in a stadium uh, that started at the starting block and ran to the goal line. And if the runner was going to win the race, he had to keep his eye on the goal, but he had to run according to the line. He had to run within the boundaries. And, and Paul said, I am pressing toward the mark. I'm running along the line. Now listen, Paul had a goal. Paul had a goal. Can I say something to you? There's more to Christianity than going to heaven when you kick the bucket. There's a goal. There, 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 there's, there's an assignment. And I don't care what's happened. You might need a reassignment. God, you, every 10 years your seasons change, by the way, you know. I mean, every 10 years things are different. Are you with me? I wasn't wearing this thing 10 years ago. My hair wasn't gray 20 years ago. And by the way, are, what do you use Grecian formula, brother? I mean, either you got good jeans, good jeans or you're cheating. It's one or the other. <laughs> and I'm not jealous, all right? But I'm just telling you about every 10 years things change. Are you with me on this right here? And you're going to come into a new season. And I want to tell you something. We've got to quit running from stuff and running toward our God-given assignment. Now, uh, before Paul could get to where he was going, he had to neglect to, from where he had been. <laughs> I mean, he, he killed Stephen, in essence, and persecuted these other people. So we've got to stop poisoning the future with the pain of the past. And the Bible tells us how to get past the past, how to have a new beginning, forgetting those things. Just neglecting, ignoring, paying no attention to those things which are behind. That's all behind. I got a 1988 Bass Tracker. I'm looking for a 1995 Riverboat, okay? I'm going to have to forget my old boat because every time I go out, I bend the prop. I can't tell you how many props I've been. I went out the other day. And bent the prop in the lake, not the river, in the lake. I managed to run over a stump and bend. And you know what? I'm ready to put those things behind that are behind, to reach forth to those things that are before. So maybe what I need is a 2021 river jet boat. And if you got one, want to give it to me, see me after service. All right, but uh, the point being here, you got to forget the past and you got to focus on the future. Now, if you need a new start, you got to have a new heart. Roy Henshin said the gospel is not good advice for good people. 
The gospel is not good advice for good people. It's good news for bad people. And the good news is Christ uh, died for your sins. He paid the debt that you owed. God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came to bridge the gap between a fallen race and a holy God. And Jesus' death is so powerful that it wipes away the guilt of the past. And I'm telling you, Jesus' life opens up the glories of a brand new future. There's no past so troubled but what the grace of God cannot intervene. And God has more grace in his heart than you have sin in your past. But you can't neglect the past until you know your sins are forgiven. And I'm telling you, if you're unsaved, you need to cry out to God for mercy, place your faith in the shed blood of Jesus, and turn to him. Let me just ask you, how many here this morning believe that Christ died for your sins? Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe that? Well, then turn from your sin. Second, trust Christ to save you from your sin. And third, take the gift of eternal life by calling upon the name of the Lord. Ian Thomas said, The death of Jesus for you makes possible the life of Jesus in you. I like that. The death of Jesus for you makes possible the life of Jesus in you. You know, we talk about the Jesus in the major. He was incarnate in human form so that he could be incarnated in human hearts. Jesus was born of a virgin that he might be born in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, I mean, if somebody needs to figure out who we are in Christ, that we're not trying to uh, please God by uh, becoming better and doing better and, and, and making more resolutions and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you've been regenerated, the whole life of God is in you. You have the divine nature. Uh, you're partakers of the Holy Ghost. I, I mean, brother, what about that? He was born in a manger that he might be born in us. Now, we've got to get the salvation thing sorted out, but then second, maybe you're one of God's people. Oh, a lot of us are like this. We're one of God's people. You remember the stuff you should forget. And you forget the stuff you should remember. You ever have that problem? Here you are remembering the wrong stuff, <laughs> forgetting the right stuff. You ever do that? And so if you remember what you ought to forget and forget what you ought to remember, and if you're struggling with things that's happened in the past and you're burdened with regrets and remorse, what you need is a forward focus. Brother, it's time to forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are before. Now listen to me. All the disciples forsook the Lord. It wasn't just Peter. It was every one of them. But they got it right in the upper room, did they not? And they went on to serve the Lord. Paul got over his pharisaical upbringing. <laughs> he forgot it. He neglected it. He didn't dwell on his pedigree or his past. He pressed on to the stuff that was in front of him. Joseph got over what his brothers did to him. Man, I'm dealing with people nowadays whose parents abuse them. Seriously. Incredibly. I, I, I mean, the things that have gone on uh, deserve some jail time, and, and, and but 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 I'm just telling you, you got to get beyond all this stuff. You got to you got to move beyond all this stuff. Quit talking about your failures. Stop it. <laughs> Start talking about your future. 
And quit, quit speaking about your bitterness to other people. Because when you do that, you're just programming yourself in the wrong direction. And if you want to get something out of your mind, get it out of your mouth. Just stop talking about it. View your pain as a bridge and not a barricade to your future. And don't waste your time analyzing the people who wronged you. You can't figure it out. You can't even understand why you do what you do. How in the world are you going to uh, hope to figure out why somebody else is doing stuff? <laughs> I can't even understand my own heart, much less somebody. Why do these, all these crooks take advantage of it? Ah, who knows? Don't waste your time trying to analyze the people that wrong you. Now look, use your energy creating new roads ahead of you instead of trying to repair the old roads behind you. Do what you should. Do what you can to make amends and then deal with your sin at the cross and move on. Our scars remind us of where we've been, but they don't determine where we're going. Our scars remind us of where we've been, but they don't determine where we're going. And I believe that God wants to take our disappointments and make them into reappointments. Our setbacks are the platform for a comeback by the grace of God. And here's what Paul said, forgetting those things, hmm. neglecting those things, leaving those things, ignoring those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things that are uh, before. Now, God has told us how to get past the past and forge into the future. So here's, here's, the, here's the assignment. Here's the application. You need to write down uh, every painful memory that you've not dealt with that's bothering you and trouble, troubling you, you need to write those down on a piece of paper. And then you need to get along with God. And you need to deal with any guilt, uh, any grief, and any garbage. Deal with it. And, and sort it out in the presence of God. And then what you need to do is you need to rip that piece of paper up and throw it in the trash can and get up and ignore all of that mess and forge toward the future. A new year calls for new beginnings. And some of us could surely use some new beginnings. So here's the way to do it. Forget the past. That means ignore it, neglect it. Number two, focus on the future. And how do you do that? By pouncing on the present. You know, some of us might not live another year. And if we don't live another year, we want to die without regrets. And I'm telling you, it's possible to do it by having new beginnings. And by the way, I found out you need new beginnings quite often. So, so, so forgetting those things that happened last year, last week, last month, whatever. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Got to get past the past, and God wants to give us new beginnings. You know what that means? That means that whatever happens, whatever illness comes into our families, I mean, I have a daughter-in-law that has COVID. I have two of my boys going for medical procedures this coming week, Lord willing. Uh, we don't know what all this means. Uh, we don't know what all this, but are we going to just sit around and dwell on this and worry about this and be consumed with all of this? No, we're going to believe God by faith and then we're going to get up and go on. And if God chooses not to heal, we're going to praise God anyhow. 
And I'm just here to tell you, it's, it's, time, it's time to put all that behind and let's move forward. How many would say, I need a new beginning and thank God I can have one by the grace of God? Lift your hand up way up. Let's stand to our feet. Let's talk to the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? Would you pray right now? Would you just talk to the Lord for a few moments right now? Forgetting those things. Forgetting those things. Talk to the Lord about the things of the past. The guilt, any, any lingering guilt and any, any grief. I mean, some of us have had losses. We've lost loved ones and friends. I mean, deal with the grief. Deal with the guilt. Deal with the garbage. Just tell God about it. Talk to God from your heart for a moment right here. Any failures, put them beneath the blood of Jesus. Just sort that out for a few moments. And tell the Lord you want to press toward the things are, that are in front of you. Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, neglect those things. And reach forth, stretch toward those things which are before. Press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Just tell God that you want to finish the course. Uh, well, you want to finish it with fire. You want to finish it on the victory that Christ has provided. Just talk to the Lord about that for a moment. And why don't you thank the Lord for a brand new beginning? Just thank the Lord. New opportunities. A new beginning. Thank God for another chance. <laughs> Just thank Him. Just praise Him. I think our brother is going to come and lead us in some song. So brother, you come on up. Get ready to do that if you would, please. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful. Lord, for Paul's admonition in your inspired word on how to move beyond the past, to get past it into the future. So, Father, would you bless your people here with hope, encouragement, Lord, with a fresh start, Lord, with a fresh uh, realization of the grace and the goodness of God. Lord, direct us as we direct our praise toward you, for we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. God bless, brother. Thank you. And thank you. As we close out uh, service with uh, our song, uh, let's head out here with a joyful attitude knowing that Christ is coming back. If we've trusted him, then we're going to be going with him. And as Brother Harold already said, this is the worst that it gets. And that's, that's okay with me. That is okay with me. Well, let's sing Joyful, Joyful. Joyful, Joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Gladness, fill us with the 
That's a good message, wasn't it? Amen. Boy, that's what we need to do. Forget that stuff that's back, that junk, that garbage. I like that word, that garbage. I'm going to use that. Uh, I, I always say junk. All right. Uh, get rid of that mess. Move forward. Press forward. Press forward. Brother Harold, I'm going to ask you if you walk the back to, you can give people elbows or whatever you're doing. Shake hands, fist bumps, wave from 80 feet away, just in case the government's watching. Uh, but anyway, uh, good to see everybody here today. Be safe traveling home tonight. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, uh, you know, once it's dark, it's black ice, and I get really fearful at that time for folks out. So uh, tonight we won't have service here, but if you want to tune in live stream, I'll do something online tonight, and uh, you can join us for a study tonight online, normal time, 6:30. But just to keep you out and traveling while it's black and dark, and you can't see the ice. That's always a concern. Uh, if you fall down during the day out there, guess what? Somebody will see you, right? <laughs> if something happens at night, you might be there for a long time. So that's kind of my thinking process on that anyway, so so you know. But, Brother Harold, thank you so much, Brother Wood. I appreciate you and appreciate your friendship. Looking forward to prayer advance, amen, and, uh, and looking forward to praying the Lord to let us keep it open and live as well as virtual, right? And so let's pray together. Father, thank you again for new beginnings, Lord. Thank you. Lord, as we think about this brand new year coming in 2021, Lord, what an opportunity it is. Lord, not to dwell on the past, not to dwell on the the mess that was 2020, but Lord, to look forward to what you want to do in our lives, through us, and again, the, the, the return and the coming again of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As has been said multiple times today, Lord, this is as bad as it gets on this side. Thank God we have a God in heaven, Lord, that has made us overcomers through Christ Jesus. And looking forward to that day where we reign with you forever and ever and ever in heaven. Tell then, Lord, help us to, uh, to tell as many other people about you, how they can also have that same promise. Dismiss us now with your blessing in Christ's name. Amen.